Hi, this is Randy Landry, and this is June the 14th. This is my 80th podcast, Common Sense and Ramblings in America. And today I am going to be reading um, again, um, and I, which I'll be doing all the way through June the 27th, um, from my third book, The Making a Life of a Registered Nurse in the Era of COVID-19. As always, you can get, um, read the entire book, and it's um, chapter by chapter, and my blog, common-sense-and-america.com. You can also um, buy my books. All three of them are for sale currently on Amazon um, Prime. And all you got to do is type in my name, Randy Landry, as a search under books, and they will pop up. I have ebook, paperback, and hardback. Um, now, for the final, the third book I've written, um, which I'm reading from right now, um, the hardback um, hasn't... Um, clear jet. Um, I've made a couple of corrections as I, I noticed them when I was reading from my previous um, podcast. Um, so those two may come and go a little bit as far as availability, but the first two books are definitely polished and finished. Um, so you can buy those as well. All right. So um, today I'm reading from chapter four and chapter five uh, for as my nursing school years. Okay. Like her, I aced the entrance exam and was admitted to the nursing program where I was to start in the fall. They accepted all my credits from not only my bachelor's degree, but my associate's degree as well. The only class that was not transferable was my anatomy and physiology class, or A&P class. When I took it over 10 years ago, it was a single semester class. Now it was a two semester class. So I knocked out those two classes in the summer before I started the fall session. Thanks to my extensive medical background, not only were the two A&P classes a breeze, so was my nursing degree. The only speed bump in the road was due to my health and not my grades. Over the 12 or so years that transpired, I had kept my mind active with a lot of varied reading. My years as a customer service manager also came into play. As a result of my work experience, I was much more comfortable and confident in patient and family interactions. I have never regretted my choice in becoming a nurse. It was the right career choice at the right time in my life. During the first year, I was able to get my management job, keep a management job, which required me to work 45 hours a week. They worked with me at the store, and because Tuesday and Wednesday Friday were short days at school with just morning labs, I worked those two nights, and I worked Saturday and Sunday as well. Try working 45 hours in three and a half days. <clears throat> I worked a shorter day on Sunday, so I would have time to do any school papers or pay, uh, projects. I did okay for the first year, but my health was becoming an issue, and I was catching everything that came by me. By the second year, I was actually missing clinical time. I did not know that it was going to be a problem until they broke the news to me at the end of the semester that I would not be able to move on to my final portion because I had missed too much clinical time and did not meet my requirements. I was pissed because this meant that I had to repeat not only all the clinical assignments and papers, but it also meant that I had to take the class over again as well, especially when I had gotten an A in the classwork. I thought this was unfair and I considered looking into another school, but unfortunately the program was not compatible and when basically half the met meant that I would have to start from scratch. Oh, to hell to know. So I swallowed my pride and repeated the semester. That's what gave my boss an ultimatum, and he quickly found a replacement for me, and I was able to switch to part-time. I eventually gave my notice and picked up a job as a telemetry technician at my wife's hospital. I had to take a two-week course, and I was hired without an interview after I passed their test. The last two semesters went off without a hitch, and my job as a telemetry technician was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in regards to a job or career. It gave me a firm grasp on the reading EKGs and rhythm strips, something that I use every day as an ICU nurse. I found this year to be an extremely beneficial 
for it gave me a distinct advantage over all my fellows nurses as well thanks to my having already a job working as a teletech my new boss opted to hire me without an interview so as soon as I graduated from the nursing program I was hired to the same floor my wife was working on by this time she was now a charge nurse so we were not able to work on the same nights so after all that hard work we were right back where we started from albeit I had a better paying job now I want to backtrack a little discuss my health because I was getting very little sleep and working so much my immune system was taking quite a hit. I ended up getting sick several times and I had to go to the emergency room on two separate occasions. The illness that caused me to miss so much clinical time was a bad case of oral thrush. I basically could not eat anything but jello for two weeks because I was contagious so they said I was unable to go to my clinicals. Was this an effort to get more money out of me? Who knows? Considering the number of applicants had taken a hit in the last few years, it does make me wonder. My advice to all nursing students, if you are working full-time, try switching to a part-time work, if possible, or find a program that offers more schedule and flexibility. The only way I got through the program was that I had a really good science and medical background, and I also had a really good memory. I would get up early on the day of the test so I could read through my notes once. It was a very hard subject. I would read through them a second time. That was it. Another piece of advice, try to lose some weight before you enter the program because you will gain weight while you are going through it. I found that the biggest waste of time were the care plans and care maps and all the projects that we had to do. I know why we had to do them, but they have little or no bearing on nursing today because they are pre-made or computer generated now. If you factor all the time I spent doing these projects and papers, it easily amounted to over half my time in the program. It seemed like they enjoyed scaring the hell out of you with all their damn skills like washing your hands. I think this stress is applied unnecessarily. And that ends chapter four. And in a moment, I'll be hopping on to chapter five. Chapter five, my Florida career. When I went into nursing, my first instructor made a very all-important statement. One I remember to this day. She said that nursing is all about flexibility. You never know where your career or life will take you. Medicine is certainly about flexibility because if you are inflexible or set in your ways, you will never survive in this very demanding field. Take my case, for instance. You would think that with almost 20 years under my belt that my career path would be secure and set. Well, you would be wrong. I am finding myself making some career-altering changes even now. If you stop and think about this for a moment, you will understand why. Your nursing career can span your entire adult life. What you were able to do when you started in the field, you may find out that you no longer have the endurance to do any more. You may also find that you are being getting burnt out in one particular area. Many nurses, as they progress in their careers, go into management or even education. These are by no means your only choices. You can go into the field of litigation, where you are a technical consultant for a legal team. This choice is best for a nurse with critical care experience. You can work as a case manager, a home health nurse, a transport nurse, a dialysis nurse, a perfusionist, or even work for an organ donor agency. However, the most lucrative job is either a private duty nurse for wealthy people. I almost fell into that job caring for parents of one of the wealthiest casino owners in Las Vegas. But I digress. <clears throat> this chapter is supposed to be about my early years. There is plenty of time to discuss my golden years of nursing later chapters. As you already know, I started my nursing career in Florida. While I only worked there a short while, my time there was very eventful. Eventually, my primary charge nurse thought fairly high of me. 
she made the statement to my wife, who was a charge nurse on my off nights and her off nights, that I had not been challenged enough during my orientation time as not only a new hire, but a new grad as well. Yes, I know you should not work on the same floor as your spouse. She being one of my immediate supervisors was not able to work on the same nights as I did. So I always got to work with her opposite. Due to our schedule, we only got to have one night off together a week. Some people might say that this was a good thing. We were still a fairly new couple, so it was not that great for us. But we managed to get through it, and besides, this arrangement, as it turned out, only lasted for four months. It turns out that my nurse, Ratchet, has the same name, had the same name as my first wife, Tammy. While she was not a cruel person, she rode me like the witch in The Wizard of Oz rode her bike. I always got the hardest assignment, and I was the first to get floated even when I was a new nurse. I guess because I never let myself get stressed. She thought this meant I wasn't working hard enough. It wasn't all bad because the unit I worked on was full of very experienced and friendly nurses who were always available with a helping hand. So needless to say, I was very busy. Our charting was a combination of paper and computer charting. The only part that was on the computer were the medications, labs, test results, and other order entries. The actual charting for the doctors and nurses was all handwritten. You may think that this hybrid system was inefficient, and you would be right. Each nurse was responsible for checking the chart, paper charting to make sure that all the orders written by the doctor were entered in the computer correctly for their 12 hours. The charge nurse was responsible for checking that the orders were correct for the whole 24 hours of that day. You may, you may ask who was actually doing the work of entering this critical information in the computer. That would be the least trained individual on the team, the ward secretary. Makes sense, right? That is why we had to spend so much time checking their work. Life is a lot easier now because in most hospitals, the doctors put their own orders in the computer. I say most because nurses still have to enter telephone orders in as well as any verbal orders given by sneaky doctors who are either too lazy or too busy to do so themselves. Just prior to my getting hired to this hospital, they had installed what is referred to as a medicine dispensing system. There are currently two options. The original one is a Meditech system, which just so happened to be the one we used at this hospital. And the other brand name was Pixis System. Neither was better than the other. They both had their strengths and weaknesses. Prior to this, each floor had a narcotic box or cart that the nurses took narcotic medications out for dispensing. At the end of each shift, a count was done by two nurses. If the count was wrong, nobody left to go home until the error was corrected. Thank God I dodged that bullet. Knowing my luck, there would always be a shortage when I worked. The reason that I seemed to function well is that I am by nature a highly organized and systematic individual. I did my assessments, charted, and pass meds all at the same time. The certified nursing assistants, or CNA, provided for the patient's personal needs like bathroom breaks and cleanups. We only had to help when the system became overwhelmed. The CNA is one reason why I worked in a medical telemetry floor for so many years. You don't have CNAs or critical care. So you have to provide all the care that the patient needs. Our charting was by exception with flow sheets, so it was extremely quick. We only had to provide a patient note for anything out of the ordinary. In the medical floors, this usually only involved one organ system, so even that was pretty quick. One thing that I noticed in Florida was that the doctors in the state were very organized. Many had standing orders that covered all the patient's needs, so you did not have to call them for very many additional orders. Some of the surgeon's standing orders were several pages long. This was a great thing since I always work nights and it is quite onerous waking up doctors at night for things like Tylenol or a sleeping pill. However, there were that occasional doctor who liked to practice medicine through the phone. This would allow happen for a new admits that came in after the doctor went home. 
So he would quiz the hell out of you and give you a bunch of orders that would cover their care until the morning. It was a pain in a keister, but I guess it was understandable. And besides, in the surgical units, the admitting doctor has 12 hours to see his newly admitted patients. While in the ICU, they only have four hours, which is why nurse practitioners and physician assistants are in vogue now. We had a telemetry monitors right on the floor so we could frequently check the cardiac condition of our patients. However, it was the responsibility of the specially trained individuals in telemetry monitoring that kept a much closer eye on all the patient's heart rhythms. As part of our task, we had to write three notes for telemetry discussing the patient's cardiac condition. However, not all of our patients required such close cardiac monitoring. Medication passes are usually ordered every four hours or in some cases as needed, like for pain management and nausea. So you can also, you can see even at night, we were kept quite busy. So this is where I digress a little to discuss the unfair treatment nurses get from the entertainment industry. First of all, we run the hospital and doctors would be totally lost without us being present to do all the close monitoring that the patients require. Doctors only spend a few minutes with each patient when they're around each day. They only get a very brief snapshot of their condition. So they rely quite heavily on us. Besides, who is going to provide the vast majority of the treatments that they prescribe for their patients? While it is true, the doctor has more specialized training. We are also highly trained and hardworking individuals. We do not put mattresses and sleeping bags in the nursing station to take breaks during slow times. Most hospitals require a minimum of rounding every two hours and critical care requires rounding every hour at the bare minimum. We are also not busy in the closets playing grab ass with the doctors and surgeons. Every hospital has different routines and schedules based on their clientele and the severity of the cases that they treat. In the four hospitals that I worked in, there has been a marked variation in the systems used and even the software utilized for charting and ordering. This is one of the reasons that nurses have to be flexible. However, as the nurse ages, this level of flexibility becomes less attainable. By nature, we become more set in our ways as we age. So ergo, many nurses choose some of the alternatives enumerated earlier in this chapter. I am sure by now you realize that I don't pull any punches. I say it like it is. Insurance companies, including Medicare and Medicaid, have made a way too much say in the running of hospitals, along with a tyrannical commission known as the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations, or JCO. It seems that Medicare and Medicaid take a great deal of enjoyment in finding reasons not to pay the hospitals for the services they provide. It is bad enough that the insurance companies can take an entire year to pay the doctors and hospitals. They also pay less than the rates charged by the hospital. Let us be honest. I think hospitals charge excessively so, so that they can write off the differences as a loss to reduce their taxes at the end of the year. I may be wrong, but I think that this is the case. Jacob also seems to take the greatest deal of light in finding the most minuscule infractions just to justify their existence. Unfortunately, we have to take them very seriously because without their accreditation, we receive no federal assistance or compensation. I guess they are trying to bankrupt the hospitals? I just don't understand. I have noticed that the largest and therefore more essential hospitals get more lenient treatment than do smaller and therefore less essential facilities. This is an unfair practice, but who am I to say that this is happening for sure? It just appears to be so to me. Before I wrap up this chapter, I want to discuss a few more necessities about this hospital. Things I have not seen since. Unfortunately, our hospital had quite a few employee injuries related to moving and lifting patients. So they developed a zero lift policy. As a result, purchased quite a bit of equipment to assist the nurses. We also had two flex PCTs, which assisted the nurses in transport of patients. 
at night for emergency testing, codes, graves, CPR, and other activities that required some additional brawn. We also had, considering the small size of the hospital, a 24-hour snack shop that made sandwiches and grilled hamburgers and such at night. We had a wound care book with photos in it that the nurses used to write their own wound care orders for. All the doctors had signed off on this, so it made us feel like we were really doing something special. Now nursing has been replaced by physical therapy for the vast majority of wound care, and in many hospitals, the department is overseen by specially trained stoma and wound care nurse practitioners. All non-critical care telemetry registered nurses were required to take a three-week telemetry course where we had advanced training in medication administration and care of patients. After we took the class and passed a test, we received a $2.50 raise. Our hospital also required all telemetry nurses to be ACLS certified. In most hospitals, it's only the charge nurses and critical care emergency room nurses that are required to be ACLS certified. I have also never seen a hospital offer so many additional training and certifications. They offer additional pay for CNAs and additional skills as well. I guess I took all this for granted. Boy, was I shocked when I transferred to my next hospital. Herein ends Chapter 5. I hope you enjoyed it, and until we meet again.